You are now listening to the Holy as Hell podcast. This is a podcast for Black people talking about God and real life and all the others. I'm CG. And I'm DJ. Now let's do this shit. Hey, 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 and we back, and we back. <laughs> Episode two. Episode two of Holiest Hell, season two. Bruh, I was so, uh, I was dying at the response of episode one. So, um, y'all niggas are, y'all niggas are hilarious. Um, in case you were confused, yes, Ruth definitely does have a WAP. Um, <laughs> no bestowed it upon our, um, our big homie cousin Boaz. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add, if it was not for Ruth and her WAP, there would be no Jesus. Mic drop. Ooh. Listen, a lot of y'all wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Your mama's wild. Oh, and, 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 and you see, and that's the that's the bigger question right there. Me, that's the bigger question right there. I saw a shirt. Is it a shirt that I saw? There's a shirt that I'm gonna get that says "Don't waste your walk." But then I also there's another one. <laughs> that says, Yo, that sounds like some Peaky Promise shit. Like that sound. That definitely sounds like some. Some Heather and uh Cornelius Lindsay shit like oh, yes. don't waste your wop, save your wop for your uh your husband. <laughs> hey, what's the other one? I just forgot it. It'll come back to me. But has anyone heard from Heather and Cornelius? Not actually. <laughs> that's a good ass question. Ever since that debacle happened over over the summer, I haven't. I did hear. I I heard like they were gonna be in. Well, I heard. I thought I heard they were gonna be investigated, but I don't know. Let us be in prayer for our purity ring circles and male pastors that all always want to preach about what women need to do and what not to do with their bodies. Because you know, John Gray's going down. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Because okay. all of these op-ed pieces are hilarious. But anyway, everybody, welcome back to episode two. Um, welcome back to Holy as Hell podcast for black folk talking about God, talking about culture, and talking about shit. And that matters. That matters. The God and the culture. So, um, as you know, we've been, this whole season is dedicated toward relationships. And we're talking about, um, what does the Bible say about relationships? What is asking the question, is the Bible a roadmap for relationships? So this week, our relationship, we are actually focusing on Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Scandal. So let's go ahead and get started, I guess. So I hope you have your cabassier or whatever else you niggas drink. I know some of y'all like jam jar. Some of y'all like... I don't know why. Uh, some of y'all like um, that wine that comes in a box, but you should have. You should definitely be having your cocktails close. All right. So, actually, this is our first hood Bible story that takes place in the New Testament. So, shout out to the New Testament. We bridging the gap, bridging the books, bridging 
the OT and the NT. Um, so basically, uh, the story of Samaritan woman in Jesus goes like this. So one day Jesus was minding his black ass business. He was, you know, running around saving souls in the Middle East, Africa and shit like that. Um, apparently word got back to Jesus uh, that niggas were plotting on his life. So apparently the streets have been talking that Jesus was baptizing more folks than John, but they was capping because Jesus and his disciples, Jesus had his disciples baptized because Jesus had sensitive skin, so he couldn't even stay in the water that long. So that's why we know that they was capping. So Jesus was like, you know what? Y'all niggas tripping. I'm going to take a little vacay. I'm tired. I Like, I need to unwind. He was like, self-care Sunday and shit. So uh, my homie Jesus went to Samaria, um, which was full of people, full of ops and whatnot. And uh, all these people had issues with Jews. So Jesus was walking around. He finds this well. So finds a well. He sits his ass down. Jesus kicks off his Jordan sandals and he chills out. He chills out because it's hella hot. You know, it's like, you know, people been finding him. He's like, I'm tired. I'm going to just chill out for a little bit. So while he's at the well, there's this woman who's like side-eyeing him. So Jesus noticed, and he's like, yo, you got a problem? And if you don't, can you give a homie a drink? And the woman was like, nigga, I'm a Samaritan. Like, I don't know you like that. Like, I'm not going to you no water. Like, I'm not going to do that. And Jesus was like, well, if you knew who I was, and you knew who you was talking to, you give me some water, and you asked for some of my water. And at this point, old girl is irritated, because she's like, yo, this man is tripping, talking about, he gonna give me some water and he ain't even come to the well with no bucket. I mean, who does that? Like, what's wrong with you? So Jesus is like, what you playing though? Because I got that good, good water. Why you playing? And you finna miss out of your blessing because I got the water. And she was like, ooh, Zam, bet. I want some of that. So Jesus was like, bet. I'm gonna give you some water, but first I need you to go and get your nigga. I need you to come back. And she was like, actually, Jesus, I have no nigga. It's <laughs> like, I know you've had five niggas, five of them niggas to be exact. And the one you with now ain't even your husband. And she was like, damn, is you a prophet? And Jesus was like, I've been trying to tell you the whole time. And she was like, damn, I'm going to go tell all my homegirls and homeboys real quick. Can you wait right here at the well? He was like, bet. So she ran her ass back to the village and was like, hey, y'all, y'all niggas want to meet a prophet. And the whole trap town came back to listen to Jesus. And Jesus was like, I'm the Messiah. And they was like, wow. And so Jesus and the woman at the well became like really good friends. And they kicked it until Jesus left town because he had some uh, more tour dates. The end. BJ, that just might be my favorite good Bible story so far. <laughs> Not Jesus in the Jordan sandals asking her about her nigga that don't exist because she had five of them and the one she went now, not even hers. Oh my God. I mean, stealing niggas. I mean, what can be said? What can be said? Well, was she though? So thank you, BJ, as always, for your hood Bible stories. We appreciate the, the extra swag, the, um, the context clues, making it plain for us so that we understand what was going on. Look, I'm making it plain for myself. The hood, because I be, I don't be understanding. 
And sometimes you gotta do that. And that's that's okay. That's what the Bible and interpretation is for. Okay. Sunday school. Y'all ready? So <laughs> the Samaritan woman. Usually when people talk about her, they get stuck on this whole idea of her five husbands. You know, one of my main goals in Sunday schools is to really just uncover what's really going on in the text. And so I think this is like one of the most powerful stories that there is about relationships in the Bible. And I'll explain why. So first of all, before we even get to the five husbands, we have to understand the situation. So DJ, as you already said, Jesus was chilling. He's in Samaria. He's also in a place where he wasn't supposed to be. He's a Jew. The Samaritans are in Samaria. And so he comes to this widow, and then this woman shows up. And so he asked her for a drink. And so already there's some tension there, right? So Jesus is a Jewish man. This woman who we never get a name for, a Samaritan woman. On top of their different backgrounds, he's also a man talking to a woman at a will. So it's not even supposed to go down like this. And she knows that, which is why she's like, who are you to be asking me for some water? Like, I don't even know you like that. Like, how dare you? And then, you know, Jesus being Jesus, people ask him questions and he responds with short stories and parables and riddles. Like, you really have to, like, follow along what he's saying to figure out what he's talking about. And so he tells her, if you knew who I was and if you had asked me, I would have given you living water. Now, woman is at the well, but there's water. Within, she meets Jesus, who, of course, has living water um because of course everything that jesus has to offer is better than anything that we could ever try to get on our own right and so she she is confused right because he don't even he doesn't even have a bucket he's just like talking hey i, I got living water what is living water thinks the samaritan woman and so um he then says that this water is better than what she's at this well for, which, which already, we can be done right there. Jesus has his living water. Yeah, we really could. <laughs> that filter water, that Dasani water, is that what it's called? I know people don't drink it. It's always on the shelves in the store. It's always at my grandma's house. <laughs> um. So this happens, but then here comes the controversial part that you already talked about. So Jesus is like, well, where's your husband? And she's like, who, me? Jesus, I don't have no husband. And he's like, yeah, because you've had five. And this is where people like just get stuck in y'all's pastors who are obsessed with dogging women, clowning women, talking about women in all types of ways. 
who don't actually do the work of their exegesis and you know considering all the different options for this woman like try to come from her and turn her into like a mockery on behalf of trying to save souls so there are all these narratives about how she must be so ashamed how she's guilty downtrodden da 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 and it usually like equates to like this thesis of a sermon of Jesus knows your secrets too, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing about women, Bible, marriage. Marriage is, was never for women in the Bible, hardly ever. So marriage often in the context was about some type of social contract. So we just talked about Ruth and Boaz, Boaz being the kinsman redeemer. He just so happens to get Ruth out of one contract of the person she was supposed to marry and then into another one, right? It's all about the social contract. And so there are a number of different reasons as to why the Samaritan woman may have had five husbands. So there's this thing called deliberate marriage, which I, did we go over that in the last episode? I don't think so. Yeah, okay, so this is a different type of marriage. Um, so basically, deliberate marriage is a type of marriage in which the brother of the deceased man is then obliged to marry his brother's widow. So if you turn your attention back to the Old Testament in Genesis, Genesis 38, there's this, story that kind of plays this out so we have tamar and then we have this family of brothers so tamar first gets married to Ur. i love his name Ur. um but Ur <laughs> was wicked in the sight of the lord and put to death <laughs> his name also like means wicked i think i didn't check that but you know he he had no hope to begin with so then Tamar marries Onan. Onan wasn't trying to get her pregnant because then the baby would have technically been Ur's child on some ancient Middle Eastern-ish. Right. Um, religious law code-ish. <laughs> so if you needed somebody that knows the pull-out method, Onan is the one. Except God was like, nah, that's not what I told you to do. And so then Ona gets put to death. And so then there's a third brother, Shelah. But um, the father of the brothers, what was his name? Judah. Judah is like, nah, I don't want another son to die. And so he essentially tries to like, he lies to Tamar about having to wait on the third brother to grow up to then marry him. I'll let y'all <laughs> go read on your own. I tell them. This, like, this is like biblical divorce court. It, it literally is an episode of Mari because what happens with Tamar and Judah, whoo. Yeah, so go read Genesis 38. So that's an example of what could have happened to this woman. If she had married a brother who then died and then was supposed to marry the next brother who then died married the next brother then died you know people was out here dying ruth's original husband died brother-in-law died 
father-in-law died, right? These are things that could potentially happen. Um, and there's just another theory is that we know that in the Bible, numbers are often used in exaggeration to just place emphasis on something. So for example, when Jesus tells Peter to forgive seven times 70, or 77 times, depending on your translation, but we don't go around counting how many times we forgive people, because that's not the point. The, the point of the story is to forgive, right? And so um, one last thing is that marriage and being a social contract, if she had been married that many times, she probably couldn't have been the one to initiate a divorce. Again, women are often treated as second-class citizens. And that's also very true in the Bible. But here's the thing about Jesus, right? So Jesus says this thing, you've had five husbands. And the Samaritan woman is like, oh, you're a prophet. Jesus doesn't call her a sinner he doesn't run and tell the disciples this woman's business. He doesn't go talk to God about her and be like, yo, guess who I ran into today? Because you know when you like, know, you see that person that your friends and you, you've been talking about and you run into them and you have to like run back and tell them that you saw them. Right. He doesn't do that, right? And he doesn't like criticize her about her life or try to like figure out, well, where do these five persons come from? He comes to connect with her. He offers her living water, which I think is a wonderful metaphor as to how we should treat people in relationships. She comes for one thing and she leaves with another. And she forgets what she comes for. Like she leaves her, she leaves her bucket at the well because she is come in contact with this prophet, this man who knows everything that she has ever done, who then, let me take it a step further, because she knows he's a prophet, she then asks him, like, so what do my people worship then? Because my people are different from your people. To which then Jesus responds, and she recognizes him as a Messiah. And so then she becomes a witness and she goes and tells all her people in the land about this man who knows all about her. And we become, this becomes like a salvation story. And so I just think that we should also be offering living water to the people we come in contact with. You know, middle of the day, it's hot outside. Jesus had on his Jordan sandals because, you know, he has to be the flies one in the... <laughs> um, and he was, also, he was also resting, too, which I think is also another point to point out. Jesus, Jesus rested, y'all. If Jesus can find time to rest, so can you. Your ass can definitely sit your ass down and find some rest. Yes. That's a good point. And then in addition to that, comes into this woman's life knowing her history because he's Jesus right Jesus knows everything but doesn't like call her out on it 
isn't there to tell her about herself, about how she needs to settle down, how she needs to live her life. And instead, comes as a prophet, comes to change her life. And that right there, those are the types of relationships that we should be striving for. And speaking life, giving life, and being living water for people. Wow. You woke as hell, yo. This, this is one of my favorite stories. I mean, it's it's good. I this is one of my favorite too. I think, like you said, like Jesus was resting, but he still found like he was doing something else. But he found time to talk to this woman. You know, like how often do we like find time to talk to people in our lives throughout the hustle and bustle of the day? You know, throughout your multiple Zoom calls and. Your, uh, your spreadsheets and shit. Like, how often are you, like, making time to, like, talk to people and just, you know, gather at the well, you know? And it's like, it's it's like, it's, some, it's people who wouldn't, who wouldn't normally talk to each other. Right. That part. Yeah, so it's like, how do we, how do we live that out? I think is is a is a is a good thing a relationship. Like, how do we talk to people and be in relationships with with people we wouldn't we normally would not. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do we offer living water, good water? That good good water. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. I mean, when I read it, that's what I saw. I saw good good, but I'm a heathen. So what do I know? What do we know? <laughs> that is. That's all I have to offer for Sunday school today. We're going to take a quick break, pay some of these bills, because bills don't stop during the coronavirus. <laughs> what? They don't, though. No, remember when the cable companies was giving out free cable? They stopped that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going past May. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I need y'all to pay starting June 1st. They said, oh, they won't have a vaccine until next summer? Hmm. <laughs> Figure it out. Y'all, they said y'all got that little government check back in April. <laughs> and you Some of y'all just got it in August. <laughs> and you too can sponsor an American for two dollars a day. Shoot, I'm about to knock. I'm about to knock on Australia's door and be like, "Let me in," because <laughs> they are over there kicking it. Uh, hell, Canada is too. Bruh, that's what in Canada's around the corner, yo. Oh, tired. They locking their doors. Yeah, we don't deserve to go anywhere. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Uh-huh. All right, friends, welcome back to the Holy as Hell podcast. Now, this is my favorite part of church, church announcements. If it's your first time here, we just want you to stand and wave so that we can recognize you. Oh, I see you back there. Yes, you too. Okay, we have a lot of new listeners this week. Praise God. Well, here at the Holiest Hell Podcast, we really do mean come as you are. You are a child of God and don't let anyone tell you different. We love you and we are praying for you. Amen. And amen. And for many of you who don't know, well, many of you probably know, because y'all probably black. But if you're not black, 
And maybe if you are black, you just don't know. Church announcements are like a, a really big a part of church. Mm-hmm. This is where folks are getting the news. This is like the church Twitter. You yeah. know, like niggas are finding out, you know, who died, who had a baby, who got divorced. You know, so it's it's really the town square for all things considered church drama. And it's just good to know information. Amen. Uh, so we're going to start our church announcements off this week. Um, uh, so that's some, that's some, that's, there's some cultural events going on in the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't even know about. Yes, it is a fall revival season. Um, yeah. so for those of you who are seasoned saints and know that you are in need of a revival, especially after the year that has that has been. Um, oh my God. <laughs> um, church spaces are putting on their revivals. Um, once again, shout out to all of you church leaders, church pastors, choir members, leaders directors that are, again, having to make things happen virtually. I heard one good thing about fall virtual revival is that all your (laughs) invited preachers are able to send in their sermons digitally. And so there's a whole lot of um, editing that can happen. Um, Y'all are finding like all the good backdrops and putting on your good robes yeah these people are getting really creative in preaching and stuff i don't i have to preach next sunday and i'm gonna be sitting at this table like what's up because i don't i don't have i don't i I just don't i don't have it 2020 has wore me out so i'm i'm crawling to the finish line you know like we gotta make it. So, but I mean, but I'm excited for revival season. I need a revival. Mm-hmm. I, I really always did enjoy fall revival season, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's a big part of uh, like black culture too, yeah. like a black uh, U.S. based black religious culture. Like it's very much like it's some about the fall, like you know, like shit dying, mm-hmm. but like not being dead. Ooh, that's a word. Yes. So you know, so I think black people um that's why they go all out for this revival season like you see like mm-hmm. it just it's a, it'd be literally be some every day so you know, <laughs> every day so literally just look up and down your timeline and you can find some revival season you you probably can hop on one every day of the week from october that can be your october challenge is how many revivals can you <laughs> <laughs> you can get you a little bingo card mm-hmm. um October fall revival. <laughs> oh, and then Advent is coming too. Now that I'm excited to see who's who? this place. Advent. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all are working on those Christmas oh plays. Oh my God. I, I I, 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 I'm already exhausted, man. Like what are they gonna do for the Christmas plays and the um mm, we getting set designs this year. Oh yeah. Lighting. And Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> The whole nativity scene, the barn is done. Yes. So I'm excited. So yeah. So shout out to all the churches who are getting their revival shit ready. Mm-hmm. And shout out to all of you that are being revived in this season. We know yeah. that it has been hard. We know that it has been a struggle. And don't forget, you have lived through, let's see, March, yeah. April, May, June, July, August, <laughs> October. Um, eight months of 
craziness and that impacts us in a ways that um that we're aware of and ways that we're not we're not period um so give yourself a break attend a revival talk to jesus it's gonna we gonna be all right yeah yeah we gonna make it um so what's next what we got so upcoming events mm-hmm. um yeah so <laughs> there's a lot of upcoming events y'all uh, i'm sure most of y'all saw the travesty that was a uh, debate last week <sighs> well if you did not get enough of that debate guess what there's another one this week on wednesday uh however this one will feature uh the vp candidate so Senator <laughs> kamala harris and uh old boy from ohio <laughs> not old boy Mr. pence um <sighs> it'll be on i believe at 9 p.m uh, on all the on all the regular tv shit so you can find it um what you should engage in also is the black twitter commentary that follows <laughs> um that's definitely an event too um for those of you who are not black but who would like to watch and not participate um you know just type in vp debate black twitter and Yo, that's another way to revive yourself. That is. Praise <laughs> God for Black Twitter. Y'all are so witty. Twitter should be paying Black people money. <laughs> they should. Because if a bunch of unmelanated people on Twitter, I promise you, it would not be a pop. It wouldn't. It would not. Um, but yes, tune in if you can. Don't if you don't want to. <laughs> I um, I was so mad at myself. I was watching Girlfriends. <laughs> having a good old time. And I had this thought, like, you know what, Crystal? You should turn, you should tune into the presidential debate. You should know what's being said. Mm-hmm. So I turned off Girlfriends. And I turned on the debate. And I was like, no. <laughs> don't want to be here. <laughs> Yo, it... it- me and me and me and Charles were watching it, and it took no less than two minutes before it became uncivilized. Like that, that was you know how normally you know there's there's rising action in a conflict. You know they teach that in school. You know in a story. You know what do you have you got you know you got the exposition. You got rising action. You got a climax. You got falling action. There was never any um, rising action. It was just climax. I mean, cause look at your look at your characters. Trump literally was like, uh, he's lying. Um, I don't believe in <laughs> like even the moderator, the moderator was like going off on this dude. Like, like there were several points in the debate where the moderator was like, dude, like, <laughs> be, be quiet. Like, this is what your people said that you were not gonna do and you're doing it. He was like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's lying. His son was on cocaine. And I know, oh my God, if that had been me. Yeah. And my child's name and his personal struggle have been brought out on a public stage for people to critique. I would have snatched his bayang. I would have literally snatched that that seventy thousand dollar hairpiece off of his head. Not seventy thousand. That no, that's what the tax documents report. <laughs> oh, the same ones that say he only pays seven fifty. Yeah. He did he write off his his hair? He wrote it off for that much. Seventy thousand. No. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm read the document. 
crazy. Um, I was like, I know several people in the hood who could have got you together for eighteen dollars. But that's your business, bro. So yeah, well, not our business because the tax documents will be released. <laughs> I was like, if you want to look like shit, that's your fault. Um, but I am. Um, but if you would love to see a black woman read a white man for filth, yes, uh, definitely tune into the debate. I cannot wait. Um, I will have my peach, Jim Bean, and ginger ale, um, and my flame hot Cheetos ready. You'll have my jam jar. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, DJ, um, the last days to register to vote are coming up for everybody in all the states. But what do what do we do after we register to vote? That's a damn good question. Because uh, right, everybody's church is having virtual, uh, what should be, cause, uh, registration, how to vote, get out the vote. Like, everybody's doing that shit. But a lot of people aren't talking about creating action plans. So, like, the Bible says something about the people with the plan prosper. That's mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to apply that. Help. We need to apply that to voting. So wholeheartedly you should have a plan for like how you're going to vote. Mm-hmm. So as Crystal said, last day to register is October 5th, which is Tuesday. Wait, that's tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Whenever this comes out, it's October 5th. Make sure your ass is registered and make sure your household registered. And then after that, y'all need to have a real ass conversation about how are you going to vote? What time are you going to vote? Um, what do you need to take with you to vote? That, that, a lot of people don't think about that because they get to the polls and then what happens? The line's longer than you thought. And so you only allocated, what, 30 minutes, a lunch break, an hour to vote. And it turns out you're actually going to be in line for like two hours. And guess what? Maybe your phone wasn't charged. So you're at the, you're at the poll longer than you thought. Your phone is dead and you ain't even gotten your lunch yet. What you want to do, probably leave. And we know overwhelmingly that when people leave the polls and they didn't vote, they don't come back. So make a plan. Make sure you talk to your job. I'm encouraging people to talk to their employer. Uh, let them know your plan to vote. Ask, make sure clear with them. Let them know if it takes longer. Just make sure you do that. And then also make sure, hey, like you take your shit with you. Get a portable charger. Get a lawn chair. Bring some tacos. Do what you need to do <laughs> so when you get to the polls, you can vote. And above all, do not leave the polling place without voting. If something happens to where you get to the polling place and they be like, ah, you can't vote, you be like, ah, you hella weak. Give me a provisional ballot. Like, it's within your right to ask for a provisional ballot. And what a provisional ballot does is it lets you vote um, on the front end and on the back end, they will confirm your registration. Um, so we always tell people to do that. And then record it. So make sure you have your phone out, shit. Because, uh, you know, another thing we saw, your president was intimidating niggas. It was like called telling the Proud Boys or whoever to show up at the polls. And so we know that um, it might be some instigation at the polls. So, you know, make sure you got your mace. Um, yeah, and your, and your crew. Because I'm definitely bringing my crew. Yes, I think I have four hours to vote whenever I decide to go vote. Thanks to my employer. Shout out to the Emory University. 
Um, Are y'all get four hours to vote? Mm-hmm. That's clutch. Dang, y'all get more than the people at McDonald's. <laughs> well, I think we, yeah. <laughs> they, need, they need to be voting. The, they need to be the first ones to vote. They do. They do. Yeah. America just won't slow down on those uh, McDoubles, though. <laughs> they, can't, they can't get a break. Yeah. I feel like McDonald's could be a polling place in itself. Only it should be. I mean, they're talking about like, so I was watching SNL and um, it was uh, Chris Rock who was hosting. He made a really good point. He was like, you know how I know they don't want people to vote? Because they made election day a Tuesday in November. He was like, is there anything you want to do on a Tuesday in November? He was like, do people get married on Tuesdays? Do we have <laughs> church on Tuesdays? Do we like, you know, he was like, only thing I have knows on Tuesdays is tacos and tequila. He was like, why not make it like on a Saturday? <laughs> you know, or like a weekend. You know, why does it have to be on Tuesday? Uh, and so there's been talk about that, like changing the date of election day. Like we get so caught up in the way shit has always been and we can't see nothing better. Like, why does it have to be on a Tuesday? But that's neither here nor there. But yeah, y'all, make sure y'all handle that. And then, you know, just make sure you are encouraging other people in your household to do the same. Yes, with God, please. Please tell your people to tell their people to tell their people. Let's vote. Yes, even, even, tell, even tell the little ones who say they're not voting because they don't like Joe Biden. You can talk to them too. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> We can also talk about holding our elected officials both nationally and locally accountable to what they say they're going to do too. But that's a whole other conversation. Because we know that voting isn't the end. It's the beginning of the process. So that's where we start. It's not the end all be all. So Mm -hmm. that's a response I hear from people who voting is the the beginning and end of their civic engagement. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not voting for them because I don't. My whole thing is like, I'm voting for Biden with the full expectation that we're going to still have to fight Biden for four years. I can do that. I cannot fight uh, DT and his cronies for another four years. My hairline will not allow it. It just won't allow it. I can't, I cannot do that. I know I can. I, Biden is, Biden is a, a problematic white man that we already knew that. That was not a surprise. Um, <laughs> You know who he reminds me of? And this is because I watched Girlfriends nonstop since it came out on September 1st. You know, um, Joan and William's boss at the law firm, Mr. Sweetelson. I do. I, I, I know exactly. Super inappropriate is. white man. And that is, Joe, cool. that is definitely Joe Biden. Privileged, ignorant, oh. entitled, white <laughs> exactly oh my goodness that is absolutely joe biden no i can't unsee it he um he's very and 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 the thing i always notice is that barack michelle and kamala always address that they say hey joe isn't perfect <laughs> <laughs> They say that it, it, it. I mean, look at every every time they they talk, they 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 it, they say it because they know that this man, you know, is problematic. And right, give me somebody who's not though. I mean, mm-hmm. but my whole thing is like, 
I absolutely am not doing another four years with living in uh, Proud Boys and Donald Trump's America. I'm not doing that. That's not even a debate. <laughs> it's not even a question. Well, speaking of which, on this episode's sick and shut in list. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I shouldn't be laughing. Um, well, you know, it's debatable. We are, we have seen a number of different things this year. So whether or not um, Donald J. Trump has the coronavirus is question one. Um, question two, pray or not to pray for him in his healing. That's what I've seen from all of the, um, the Facebook theologians this past week. The Facebook theologians. Mm-hmm. Facebook Bible School. <laughs> Bible College. Um, Bingo. So, what are your thoughts, DJ? Um, this was so funny because I, I keep getting the alerts. Like, <laughs> Donald Trump has coronavirus. Then so-and-so has coronavirus. Then it's like, Joe Biden has been tested three times and he doesn't have it. And they're trying to piece together this, like, timeline of when he got it, which is the big, like, question mark, because nobody knows when he got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and who he came into contact, and the people he's came into contact with after seem to have it, but Joe Biden doesn't. Or, so... I think that I was torn. I, I I ran into the same debacle when Herman Cain died a few months ago. Remember that? Yeah. Because um, he had he you know he was he was at the RNC and they had literally as in black Twitter fashion pulled up the receipts where he was like coronavirus isn't real and then pasted it next to his obituary where the <laughs> where it was like died of coronavirus. Um, and a lot of people at, you know at there were talking about like. Oh, he got what he deserved. And I, yeah. I personally, I, I don't like wishing death on people. Yeah. Um, even people who I fundamentally disagree with. Uh, that's not, that's not my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know we live in like this, like a uh, grab your pitchforks culture. <laughs> 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 so people like to rally behind and then like cause harm to other people. That's not me. I fully understand like the need to like laugh at this man because he is a joke and him getting coronavirus, I could see it being a political ploy. I'm I don't think he's above I don't think he's above doing something like that. Right. Yeah, but personally I'm just like spending my time other ways. Like it's <laughs> it's like a lot I have to do and could be doing and wondering if he has coronavirus this isn't just like a high thing on my list. It's just not. Yeah, like I remember waking up to the alert and being like, "Oh, all right, thanks, Apple News. You you told me that <laughs> way." <laughs> but then I had this thought of like, "Well, what if he dies?" <laughs> and I was like, "Uh, you know, um, 
And then it would, because then that, like they did like a report. It was like, what, be, due to the 25th Amendment, if the president's unable to, you know, so it was like the VP. Then it was like, well, if the VP has it, then it goes to the House of Rep, uh, uh, which would be Nancy Pelosi. And then she can't do it. So it was like a rabbit hole. And I was like, I need to yeah. leave. <laughs> I, I don't have time for this. Spinning ourselves mm-hmm. out of control with the new, news cycle in general. It's just, I mean, they have a job to report. But also like the the hyper activity and wanting to cover everything, like the the medical doctor conference, whatever that was, when they all came out on the steps um, and confused America even more about what's well, actually going on. We're talking about uh, what's that drug, uh, hydroxychlorine or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a mess with them fake doctors from Africa. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, apparently, um, they, um, what's her name? The, the main one was like, I'll, I'll prescribe him this if he, the medical doctors there don't do it. I was just like, oh God. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm my friends, I, I'm in a group chat with some of my friends and they're, they're like all doctors and they were like, they were like, these niggas are lying. <laughs> they were like, don't listen to them. Actually, one of my good friends works, she lives in D.C. She works at the hospital where he was at. Mm. She was like, I'm not going back till he leaves. Like, she's like, I'm not, I'm taking off. <laughs> okay. like, I'm not going to be in there with him in the hospital and the, and the coronavirus. I'm not doing it, so. Well, there is a picture of him out today on the day we're recording where he's in the car waving at people with his mask on. The mask that he said Joe Biden had on. <laughs> well, now he has a mask on. Um, look, I'm just, I'm praying for healing for all that are affected by the coronavirus. Yeah, um, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good way to focus That's on. what it is. But also for evil to continue to cease and desist as it has been doing this year for things to come to light and for, um, justice to be served in the way that it needs to so yeah i'm all with that i'm i'm praying the same thing i think the only thing i add is i'm also praying for um like against all the confusion Mm. i don't know about i love this whole thing about coronavirus is really confusing yeah and people who are just out here you know they talking about a vaccine they saying it's going to be available at the end of the month. Joe saying, nah, it ain't going to be available until the next summer. Um, you got people, the school, the people in schools are going, they're going back to school at the end of October. Yeah. Um, so like public schools, you know, it's, it's so, it's so confusing and people are just like tired. It's, and all of this is like coming to a head in another, in the, in, in literally in 30 days. Right. <laughs> 30 like coming to a head so it's exhausting october is always exhausting for uh political seasons though because it's not like you said the news is non-stop so i'm just praying too that people find rest like yeah like turn off the tv if you need to go read a book that's not about politics or trump or some shit like buy unicorns or like go watch lovecraft or something or do girl. something like that the parkers just came back to netflix <sighs> and I, I feel away but <laughs> Netflix released all this black ass shit, and I can't. Fi- I can't even finish Moesha. 
Yeah. Well, I got to like the last season and then realized I didn't like college Moesha anymore. And that's I didn't like high school Moesha. I don't, I don't know. Well, I didn't like high school Moesha because girl was wild and college Moesha was just, it got boring. Yeah. I mean, sister, sister's my ish though. I ain't gonna lie. Like, Mm-mm. that that I enjoy and as somebody also pointed out like why all these black male characters from the 90s were Republicans because <laughs> Ray Campbell he's a Republican he's a Republican oh like in real life no well, in the show on the show oh well hmm. but he was cool as hell though he was he also was a limo service operator owner Business. Yeah. Yeah, I think Chauncey told me that too. Like him and his wife like own a production company. And like the, they were like they were like before Tyler Perry was Tyler Perry, they had already did the shit. They just didn't have yeah, like a, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't have the um same resources, which I don't know why Tyler Perry has those resources. But that's a separate podcast. <laughs> so we don't have to talk to every church that streams. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, but those are church announcements for this week. So, as always, if you have any uh, anything you'd like us to include or add, uh, feel free to hit us up on social media, Holy as Hell uh, Pod on Twitter, um, Holy as Hell on Facebook and Insta, and hit us up an email at askholyshell at gmail.com. Yep. Let's take a break. Period. Um, so what did you learn this week, Chris? What did I learn this week? So like my uh, my job job, like I got multiple ones. Um so at work I was able to lead a webinar on finding balance in a time like this. And so I was joined by three individuals who are both seminary who are both seminary trained but then also um are leaders in different wellness spaces and so one of the questions i asked was well how do you define balance and all of them all three of them had a unique answer but there was like this consensus of you know, you define balance for what that needs to look like, what that needs to sound like, what that needs to feel like for you. So even though it feels like the world has just continued to turn in the time we live right now, um, it's okay if you feel a little off balance. It's okay to feel like you don't want to do something today. Um, it's okay to choose spending time with your friends and your family over um, homework or work. Like those things are ultimately okay because if that's what you need right now to then achieve that balance, then do that thing. Um, it may not look like it. Um, and social media will have you believe in that people are living 
super ultra glamorous lives. Um, but we're all trying to make it. It has been a hell of a year. And it's and it's not over yet, right? Um, so do what you need to do. And do what you need to do to survive and to make it for yourself. And that you define that for you. And that's what I learned. That's good. This week, the lesson for me was to, I, this week, like, I beat the hell out of me. I was doing, like, 85 things at once. I was getting pulled into random Zoom calls. I was getting asked to do this, to speak on this, to connect with this person, and be introduced here, and getting pulled in, like, 80 different directions. And I think the thing this week that centers me is to honor uh, my call and my journey and to be like really really direct about what that is um, I'm in a place where like I'm getting pushed in a lot of different directions and I have to be intentional about like where I spend my time or what I spend my time doing because I can't spend my time doing everything and so what are the ways and I'm spending my, what are the ways that I'm spending my time and what is it for um, and it needs to be for, towards something that I'm that I'm really really uh, involved in and concerned about and passionate about and that it is okay to say no it is okay to be like can't do that I think this person would be great which I've learned the art of of, um, of uh, letting other people shine. So when people ask people to speak, like, well, I'm, I don't think I'll be a good person for that, but I do think this person would be good to comment or good to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm also learning to like pass the baton and pass the torch in a way. So a lot of shit, basically. I'm learning a lot of shit this week. Good, good weeks, good weeks, good lessons. So, if you definitely like to reach out to us, if you want to connect with us, if you want to share the info, boom, boom, bam, you know how to reach us. Reach out to us by email. You can reach us at askholyshell at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram at holyshell and holyshellpod. And we answer all that shit. So, check it. And don't forget at the end of this episode to rate and subscribe because we want to know how we can get better and we want to share this content with um, all of the other holy as hell folks out there because, you know, we are alive and well and, and, and more more holy and more hellish than ever. That, that's it for episode two. We are um, just going through these episodes um, next week, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about next week? That's a really good question. Maybe a surprise relationship. This is a surprise for us too, I guess. <laughs> uh, while Crystal finds that finds that out, um, we also want to, you know, hear about your relationship. So, what are your interpretation of these relationships we talked about so far? We talked about Ruth and Naomi. Boaz 
and not beating your ass. And we talked about, um, uh, you know, Jesus is a Samaritan woman. What are other relationships in the Bible that you have questions about or you have concerns about? What are ways in which, you know, you thought about relationships in the Bible? We want to hear that. This is a dialogue with the community. So reach out to us because we want to know. Yes. So we are actually talking about Jonathan and David. Oh my God. <laughs> it is going to be to all the bros, bros, the bromances out there. This one is a wow. I know one person we should definitely have on the interview about that, but I'll, I'll keep that to myself. I know you know who I'm talking about, but it's fine. Um, yeah, well, until next episode, um, we'll see y'all. <laughs> Live your truths. Love God, love people, be loving water. And we love each of you, and we'll see you back next week. Bye-bye.